You're listening to Talk Daredevil, a podcast about all things Daredevil in the greater Marvel Universe, brought to you by the women behind Saved Daredevil. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Talk Daredevil, the Daredevil podcast now run by the Saved Daredevil campaign. Um, We are so happy to be back together today to talk about something that just recently happened. Um, If you were following us on social media, then you would have heard all about it. San Diego Comic-Con. I'm Phyllis, and I am joined by a few lovely team members who will introduce themselves right now. I'm Christine. Aisha. I'm Rhiannon. So today's pod will be kind of all about recapping our full comprehensive experience at San Diego Comic-Con. You have heard us talk a lot already about the Daredevil News and Marvel Studios Hall H. And so we're not going to rehash that too much, but we did want to give everyone a glimpse into what it was like to just be attending San Diego Comic-Con again in 2022. You know, I think a great place to start out is maybe going around the board and talking to our San Diego Comic-Con newbies on this chat, who will be Aisha and Christine. Um, And why don't you guys share sort of what you were the most excited for, what you were nervous about, whatever floats your boat. Yes. So this was my first San Diego Comic-Con after two years wait, because we were supposed to go to the 2021. That's what the tickets were for. And then the pandemic happened. So this is my first con after the pandemic. The pandemic is not over. I know it's still around, but this was the first time I traveled to the U.S. I live in Canada and uh, spent some time with family and also attend San Diego Comic Con. So this was uh, very exciting. I was, um, um, I mean, I've been to many cons and I'd always heard that San Diego Comic-Con was a completely different animal, and that turned out to be true. Um, what was I nervous about? I was nervous about the whole age line. I'd heard so many things about the camping out and that experience, and it's like, yes, living through that was, I think, one of the highlights. <laughs> camping out throughout um, Friday to get our place in line for the Saturday panel. Oh my God, that was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. So that was, um, that was something very exciting. What do you, how about you, Christine? Oh yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting into. And I think also with the logistics and everything, because I flew in from, from Sweden and First, I just had like the the business of even getting there because I had booked tickets with Lufthansa uh, via Munich. And then I was happy about that because our national or Scandinavian airline, SAS, they were on a pilot strike. So I'm like, oh, yay, I have at least Lufthansa tickets. And then that was kind of like, I'm not going to go into the details of all of that, but I was just so focused on even getting to the U.S. and getting to San Diego on time that um, I think when everybody else was like planning panels and stuff ahead of time, I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get there. <laughs> and um, I think what I was looking forward to most was just uh, for me, this was the first time meeting uh, all of the team members that were there on location. I have met other members of our team previously, but those have been the European members. So I was mostly just looking forward to meeting uh, people in person that I've known and been friends with for three and a half years now. And and they were every bit as lovely in person, uh, too. So that I feel like we really, <laughs> we hit it off uh, really well just right from the get-go. 
but I hadn't really planned much ahead of time, as I said. And um, I just, I was just kind of into like kind of going with the flow. And I knew I felt safe knowing that we had plenty of people on the ground who had uh, been there before, had done Hall H before and everything. So that even though all of that seems super complicated, I knew that we collectively were, were ready for it. I have been to cons in the past. I've been to New York Comic Con one time. I've been to Baltimore Comic Con, which is actually a convention I would I would recommend. Um, it's one of those big, small cons or medium-sized ones that are actually quite nice, especially if you're specifically into comics. I have been to uh, Thought Bubble in Leeds, which is a nice comic book convention in the UK, and I've been to um, a couple of uh, Comic Con Stockholm's. Um, I, I can tell you this was like 15 times the size of a Comic Con Stockholm. So. I was kind of, I tried to be prepared for, for just like a huge venue, but it was, it was even bigger than I imagined. It's like you have no trouble getting your 10,000 steps a day in um, if you're at San Diego Comic-Con at all. So, What was your high amount for you guys? I think 18,000. Okay, yeah. yeah. Also 18,000 yeah. steps on Friday. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the whole age line, I think uh, my experience was similar to, to Aisha's in that I... I, I was kind of worried about it beforehand because it just seemed like such a crazy idea. But it was so nice. I mean, like Phyllis, you brought the lawn chairs, and it was like <laughs> just like the weather was. And the mean, umbrellas. Very, and- <laughs> yeah, and the umbrellas. It was a very scenic place to be a lion in, and uh, you know, you got to chat with people, and it was like nice and friendly. And and as someone who, on the one hand, I'm a pretty social person, and on the other, I can tend to be overwhelmed with that many people in one place inside inside the venue so just being out there with the fresh air and just like hanging out with people it was much more social and and friendly than i thought it was going to be so that was actually um that was surprising but it is and also the fact that it was so well worth it at the end it definitely makes me chuckle um when you guys say like oh hall h line like highlight because it is kind of this thing that takes on a lot of like mythology, you know, just with how intense it is. But you're right, just with the weather being what it was, like really lovely and being by the water and just being with like good people. Yeah. I'm glad that was like made a lasting impression on you guys coming out of Comic-Con. I kept hearing like horror stories about people who were in the haulage line and didn't get the pass. I'm like, and I can't imagine that happening. So we were very lucky to have experienced people who had done this before. Yeah, that's Phyllis and, and all <laughs> yeah. the people she brought in. Because I, I mean, like having been, this is my fourth San Diego, Hall H line was still like that big unknown, that big like thing that I had never done at San Diego. So mm-hmm. I echo all of that gratitude. Well, Leanon, as someone who has gone to San Diego Comic-Con four times, would love to now hear kind of the flip side of the experience, right? Someone who has been there, how are you approaching it? legitimately 2019 San Diego Comic-Con broke me. Like after that, I was like, I'm not going, like I didn't buy tickets for this year. You know, I was like, no, no, I'm taking a year off. I had to go to like a foot doctor afterward. Like I was seriously broken. Uh, obviously I've had a couple of years, few years to rest uh, and I was ready to go, you know, picked up a personal trainer in that time, you know, like, so I definitely was going on it. I did not hit 18,000 steps. I think I hit like a maximum of 15,000, which I'm actually kind of proud of keeping my step count low. There were definitely times where I was like, oh, yeah, you guys go do that. You need that experience. So I'm going to sit here for a little bit. And that was just me trying not to die. So I feel like it was 
a very nice balance because we did have New York Comic Con last fall and that was a pandemic con and it definitely was light. Like it was missing in a lot of the magic. It was missing a lot of, you know, Marvel wasn't there. DC wasn't there. How do you even have a Comic Con without Marvel and DC? How, you know, you, you it didn't have much. This con was lovely. It was a full con. You had all the magic of it. Some things were lighter. Some of the smaller panels, you know, the cast attended via Zoom instead of being there in person, but they were at least live. Like New York Comic Con, there was one where we seriously went in and they just played a video with no interaction. So, you know, I feel like they did as much as they could to make this a full con, but it was just so lovely. I've read estimates that there was maybe 25% less people. So just like being able to walk through the exhibit hall floor and not a solid mush of people and just being able to get to some of those things, being able to get into an offsite without having to wait in a two, three hour line. I mean, the fact that they still had the offsites when there wasn't enough people for there to be a two hour line, it was really amazing. So I feel like it was a great year, especially for like a first year. I think it was a great time to come. I think it was a great time for everybody to get back into it. Well, I mean, because even within Save Daredevil, we had a last minute cancellation. I hope all of those people are able to come back next year. Let's go ahead and get shoulder to shoulder safely and and, and just make it miserable again. But if it stayed 25% light, I would be super happy with that. It allowed us to have some really cool experiences that we probably wouldn't have been able to have. Absolutely. Well said. And yeah, I, I, I'll say... As someone who's attended and has experienced that shoulder-to-shoulder mush of humanity, which I like to describe the show floor as, I remember on Thursday just being like, wow, there's like a breeze in here. You can like (laughs) move your arms. You You had like space around you. I was very pleased just because, you know, this is something that's still kind of being figured out by these large conventions. Really pleased to see a lot of compliance with the rules, Mm -hmm. which made me feel much better being, you know, in those spaces with other people. But for me, just being able to go back, you know, San Diego, I am local to San Diego. So San Diego is my home con, um, which I realize I'm very lucky to be able to say that. My husband and I have always talked about like, you know, if we didn't live in San Diego, I don't know how often we would actually be able to go because I just admire all of you who have had to travel significant distances. Like New York to San Diego is not like a joke either. That is, you know, an investment of time and having to get through the airports and all that and then international even more so. So kudos to all of you for like doing the travel right now and getting into San Diego and being able to experience this. But truly being back though after what three years now was just like a balm for my soul. This is the time of year that I look forward to the most. I'm not someone who necessarily is always putting my fangirl cred out there in in public, but the one week in a year where I kind of get to just like live that life is at San Diego Comic-Con. So being able to do that again, being able to go to the convention center, seeing all the buildings covered up, you know, with all the wraps, um, knowing that there's like offsites 360 around the convention center is just so much fun to be like immersed in that. That was really like what made me kind of the happiest, hoping and expecting that was the feeling I was going to feel kind of leading up to the convention. And then when I finally got here, feeling that. And then even more than that, because obviously like so many of the team were here this year, being able to meet a few of you guys in person, which I, you know, hadn't met Christina, hadn't met Mary, and just having the most wonderful, magical four days together. That was truly the best. 
So I guess to kind of pivot then jumping into talking more about our experiences at the con in general, I guess I would love to start out with if you guys had to like give a grade to your 2022 San Diego Comic-Con experience, um, what would it be? And then if you wanted to like start shouting out a few like memorable moments, we can kind of break it into some categories, but I kind of love to start there. Aisha, how about we start with you? Oh, that's hard. I'm like very bad at rating is the, the whole crowds and the experience of it. Um, four out of five, I guess. If I had just been transported into the whole age panel at five o'clock, <laughs> that would have been like, oh my God, 10 out of five, you know? Yeah. That would have been a totally different because that made it worth everything. Like all the aches and pains and whatever discomfort, even if there was any. Um, because, um, yes, um, certain times of the day, it did feel like, oh, my God, are we going to get the wristbands? When is it going to end? Uh, are we going to get some sleep some tonight or what? What's going to happen? Because there were a lot of logistical things we were worried about. There were things that you were, that made you tired. But that moment between 5 and 6 p.m. on Saturday, that made it worth 100%. So... On that note, it was five out of five. The rest of it, four out of five. I think that's fair. Yeah, because that one dart gets taken away because of all the hard work. You, know, you guys talk about how many steps. Like, I think I've been close to 20,000 on at least a couple of days. So I'm like, yeah, that's tiring. I'm not a very active person. <laughs> I felt that in my bones. Um, but some of the highlights, like what are the things that um, I remember the most? Yeah. The Disney Plus photo op was very much fun. Um, I enjoyed, um, you know, sitting on that uh, lamppost as Kamala. And yeah, I enjoyed that. All right, Christine, what about you? Yeah, like I said, I think my expectations going in were sort of abstract in terms of the con. I was just like, it'll be whatever it's going to be. And there were also so many things around it that that I feel like the con was like, yes, that was the reason we were there, but it was just a part of the entire experience. Uh, but as cons go, I mean, of course, it had everything. In terms of, of just being able to like walk around and see everything, I would probably give something like Baltimore Comic Con, which I attended in 2013, a slightly higher grade for, for the reason that it was slightly smaller and airier and like less people and it was easier to take everything in because you get to a point where something is so large that you really need to go into it with a game plan which I which I didn't on the other hand I enjoyed everything around it like the, the whole Gaslamp district and lots of great restaurants I mean everything around it including meeting you guys was just like top notch so I mean I would give it like the whole experience I would give like a 4.8 out of 5 the con specifically maybe more like a 4 out of 5 if that makes sense but uh in terms of highlights uh I did it was kind of fun I did go to to see uh, David Mack in Artist Alley and give him uh, a a copy of my book <laughs> plug book uh <laughs> joking aside but but that was that was that book Christine <laughs> yeah like the book this book is Being Matt Murdock, One Fan's Journey into the Science of Daredevil. Hit me up. Uh, <laughs> but joking aside, I had always had this like idea that all, if anyone who's ever worked on Daredevil is going to get a free copy. And that was actually my first time meeting him. I've, I've met uh, quite a few 
Daredevil comic book like artists and writers in the past, but I hadn't met him and I'd heard really good things about him that he was very nice and everything. And he was very, very gracious and kind of a, a mild mannered, very, very friendly and so nice. So I bought some uh, art from him and then I gave him a copy of my book that he insisted that I sign. And then, of course, I was like, I've never signed a book before. So, uh, but that that was a special moment for me uh, personally. And Mary was the one who found him and she, like, you know, took me over there to see him. So, shout out to Mary. Rihanna, do you want to go next? I give this con like a solid B for me. My my personal con experience, not the con itself. Because um, I think everything was there. I think I didn't have as much travel and everything as Christine, but I just was not able to focus on planning or anything. You know, I barely like I'm sitting there on Thursday trying to see if there's any panels on Friday that I want to go to and all of that. So I feel like there's things I'm, I'm just like at home now and I'm like, and I feel this at every con actually, like, why didn't I go buy things? Like, I want some 100% soft. Why <laughs> didn't I go do this? And I didn't even like, I barely even went to the Marvel booth. I picked up nothing at the Marvel booth, like even the freebies and everything. Like I said, this is my fourth San Diego. I've done four or five New Yorks. You know, you're going to miss stuff. You know, you know, there's going to be moments that people post on Twitter and you're like, holy crap, I should have gone there. I mean, my biggest for it is like the Lord of the Rings panel. I have zero interest in Lord of the Rings, but oh my gosh, they had Bear McQuarrie and a live orchestra and like everything about that panel sounded amazing, even not being a fan of that show. So like, yeah, I know I'm going to miss that, but man, it would have been awesome to have like been waiting for whatever was after and stumbled into it. And I didn't have any of those real moments where like... Because I almost every other con, it's been like, yeah, I, I wasn't going to that panel, but I needed something in that room. I needed a place to cool off. I went and I sat in it. And oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I planned and went to a few panels that were amazing, but I didn't have any of those little magical moments that like puts it over the edge. So that's just my personal experience. And it's not to say that those magical moments weren't there. It just didn't all line up this year because I was more focused on hanging out with you guys than anything. Like, I'm getting to see our international slate of daredevil women. And we're getting (laughs) to, you know, like, we're getting to do this awesome experience. Um, At the North American delegation and the European delegation of St. Daredevil. Finally meeting in one place. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yeah, we're very proud of being like an international conglomerate, you know, we're the... (laughs) presence on on several continents or at least two yeah so for me like the overall experience all of it was wonderful but it didn't have like that little extra to make it like Aisha said it's not a five out of five and the whole h whole h was far less painful than i expected i had so much anxiety about that um just i have followed closely in past years and watched the twitter threads unfold as things happened and i have to say It was actually a little bit less stressful being there than I imagined. I also want to say that you contributed to this Holly Twitter threads this year. (laughs) And and you and you were you were secretly beefing (laughs) with the IMC boat. I I, I don't necessarily need to keep any of this in. (laughs) No, that's one of my favorite things about cons is live tweeting. I, I enjoy going. I've gone as press many times. We were there as press officially this year. And and I enjoy feeding those Twitter f- threads. And uh, one of my friends actually teased me during the Hall H panels that like real press outlets were reporting like real stuff he wanted to know. And I was reporting just like trash, but it was stuff that I found interesting. 
So when we were in the Hall H line, like we were having a lot of fun and we were right next to the IMDB boat, their party boat, and they were having some fancy party, supposedly. Yeah, and they were also possibly the reason that we weren't able to set our butts in a place that we were staying all day until 2 p.m. So that could be where my IMD beef started. I'm sorry, did you just call it an IMD beef? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trademarking <laughs> that. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> my IMD beef. <laughs> yes, your IMD beef with the IMD boat. But honestly, making fun of the IMD boat was, was a highlight of that particular part of the, um, the afternoon and evening. <laughs> It really was. I mean, we were parked right in front of, I mean, yes, if our Hall H line can be right in front of the IMD boat every year, that would be awesome. Or if IMDB just wants to invite us on the boat, I will drop the beef. We'll resolve the beef. <laughs> if uh, yeah. well, That was my point. I was like, let me on the boat to prove that your party is more fun than ours. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was. But I don't think those people uh, ended up in Hall H and having as much fun as us either. So, oh, yeah, it was it was. Yeah. So I do enjoy I enjoy bringing the con to everybody. I and that's again, I feel like I didn't do as good a job of that, which I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'll get back up to speed. I'll 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 work on that. But yeah, like we're all adjusting, I think, back to the experience in general. So I think the fact that we did as much as we did, it was honestly actually very impressive. In my opinion, at least. Also deducting, deducting a small amount because I didn't eat a bacon-wrapped hot dog. Or spend the whole week <laughs> craving one. There was just like very low concentration of bacon-wrapped hot dogs. I, I literally, I, I smelled like we were not in the same spot at that time. I had smelled a bacon-wrapped hot dog. I like turned around and saw a bacon-wrapped hot dog vendor and I took a picture of said bacon wrap hot dog vendor, sent it to you, and was like, yo, there. when are you going to have one of these hot dogs? And yeah. so I am also mildly disappointed that you did not include one in your experience. But that just means you have to come back next year and have a bacon wrap hot dog. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, so let me wrap up kind of our, our ratings before we jump into kind of covering some of the memorable moments uh, for me, I would say um, very much in line with kind of how you guys have been breaking out sort of like the personal experience of the con and then like the con itself. I think for me, it probably aggregates to about like between a four and four and a half out of five. Um, I think that the highs were so high, obviously being in that Marvel Studios Hall H and hearing that news was a very big high. Like many of you, I literally had no time to figure out my schedule even what my potential schedule might be until probably like the day before, maybe. So I did have this list of, oh, I really would love to do this. I would love to do this. And this is, again, like you've all said, this is the story of going to cons is that there's a list of things that you would love to do and that you never get to do. But I think there were more things that I wish I had done for various reasons, whether it was just time or um, prioritizing things like the Hall H line and the people in it. Or just like being tired and not really wanting to like deal with running to a panel um, that may or may not have room. So yeah, but I would say what made the experience still ranking very high, you know, in my mind was when I did want to do something, I was able to do it. I was able to get to the places that I really did need to go without too much trouble. I did end up spending a lot of money on Sunday. 
I was just walking around the floor with my kids and saw the 100% soft booth and was like, wait, I wanted to go here and then proceeded to like drop too much money (laughs) while I was there. Placing my online order now so that I can join (laughs) in on that. Yeah. So I did regret, like I literally spent 10 minutes in Artist Alley, which makes me really bummed out because there were a bunch of tables that I did want to visit. And I just literally had no time between Thursday and Saturday to do any of that. Um, So huge regret not being able to go and check out more artists. Um, And so hopefully I will very much rectify that next year. But yeah, I, I think for all the things that didn't happen and I didn't get to do and was bummed that I didn't get to do, I was still very happy with like the experience that I ultimately did have. And I always have this thing where the post-con blues thing, you know, where you spent so much energy and you've done all this stuff and it's been like, go, 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 go. And then like you, you come back home or you go back to work on Monday and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like missing so much now from my life. Now that this is done. I will say that this year I was like, you know what? That was great. That was enough. Um, that's actually been kind of nice because I think usually you just had so much fun or it was just so so all-encompassing that you just can't help but feel like, okay, now now what? I definitely didn't have that feeling this year. So that's kind of where I where I stand on it. I, I'm very excited for next year, though. I think next year is going to be hopefully even more fun. Hopefully more of the team will be able to come out. And yeah, I think let's dedicate maybe the rest of this pod to talking about some of the things that really do stick out in our memory as far as things we got to experience. Um, And I have kind of a few categories, you know, we could talk about what we really enjoyed inside. Um, So that's like stuff on the show floor, uh, panels, you know, and then stuff that we like enjoyed outside. So offsites and anything else that might have happened um, outside the con. So I know when it comes to inside, between the four of us, like how many panels did we actually attend perhaps not that much but i know that we did hit a few key panels that we did enjoy and maybe would want to like talk about Rhiannon and I went to, I guess, one of the very first panels of the con, because I don't think there were that many that started at like 10 on uh, on Thursday, which was a, a disability panel, which was interesting. And I was also late for it, but it started late, like 15 minutes late. So um, I'm always kind of worried about like, is it something you can kind of sneak into? But I didn't have to because it hadn't started. Um, I only knew about that because Rhiannon had looked it up and like I had not looked up any other uh, panels and I I've been flaky like all con I just like walked around aimlessly and and um, I don't know absorb the uh, the ambiance of the place. So. I only knew about it because somebody else on our team had pointed it out and put it on our schedule. So I and and I had it down as the wrong time and I totally like misscheduled later stuff in the day because when you put stuff on the con schedule it automatically adjusts it to your time zone where you are. So like I had it on my sc- like on my calendar, it popped up as at 1 p.m. And so when it came time to sign up for offsites, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a conflict at 1 p.m. and caused a big mess there. So that disability panel was really great. It had Lauren Ridloff and some other, can't remember the other names because it was a really long time ago at this point. But it was a really good panel. I thought they touched on some great points. So we did that. I went to a panel over at the Hilton uh, in the Indigo Room, which I don't know if everybody else got over there any. Every year I put down at least one or two panels on my list that are in the Indigo Room and I never make it there. But I did see, I did see where the Indigo Room is now. So I'm like, ah, there it is. So maybe next year. Yeah, I love hanging out at the Hilton. Uh, The Hilton has a great lobby to hang out in. So I've spent a lot of time over there and ended up in the Indigo Room. So 
there was some stuff that I was interested in. I sat through a couple of panels over there that were, like I said, there was one there that was zoomed in. I See, this is where the fun, like, you know, I was going to one at like two o'clock. So I went ahead and popped in the room at 1.30 because I know it's perfectly fine to come in the middle of a panel. And it was the Abbott Elementary panel. So they had the cast zoomed in. Yeah, yeah. But it was very interactive. I mean, they were still interacting with the crowd. You could tell it was live. To me, sitting at the back, it's the same as if they're sitting up there on stage because I know I'm not going to like go up and hug somebody or, you know, except for those in the very front, your experience isn't going to be that different because they have great screens everywhere and everything for you to see. So I caught the end of that panel and there was an upcoming Peacock show with Julie Pluck about vampires, which my joke the whole time is that I was a vampire. So I had to go to the vampire panel. So I, sat through that and got in some other stuff but other than that it was all just panel regrets like finding out later that cool stuff happened and i didn't go to it i know i think we both heard about the lord of the rings panel at the same time and we were both like damn (laughs) like that would have been so much fun that should have been a saturday panel i still stand by that i stand by that oh i wasn't we should have been able to experience yeah yeah i'm with you um, oh, I'm actually kind of jealous that you caught the Abbott Elementary. I've been slowly getting through the show. It, it's a broadcast comedy, very much in the vein of like, you know, like Parks and Rec, The Office. It's just so much fun and like joyful and pure. So that's my my little plug. Um, for me, I'm also filled per usual with panel regrets. But the one panel that I did make it to personally that I was very happy I did was the Severance panel, which was in Ballroom 20. It was nice being back in Ballroom 20 as well. You know, you got to hit those main rooms like Room 6, Ballroom 20, all age. And they both have their own Twitter accounts, I noticed. And yeah, they were yeah, yeah. like dually Twitter accounts, uh, Hall H line and the Ballroom 20. That was um, funny. Yes, per tradition, you know, like oh, like a week beforehand, they like rumble back to life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they get very cute over the course of the con. No, but it was great. I, I'm a huge fan of that show. One of my huge regrets is I didn't I didn't have time to make it into the Severance offsite, which was at the Hard Rock Hotel across the street, which had like, from what I could tell, the best swag. I may or may not be watching some auctions on eBay because I just want that stuff so badly. Um, I am going to plug the show too, because it is just one of my favorite shows of the year right now. And it was such a, it was such a nice panel. It was full of great people, known quantities to a lot of people, Adam Scott, Ben Stiller, for whom it was like his first San Diego Comic-Con, which was actually kind of shocking. Um, It was moderated by Patton Oswalt. And just like, you see a lot of panels with casts and we might, maybe we'll bring this up when we talk about the other Hall H panels, you know, some casts got it and some casts don't. This cast really like clearly had so much fun together, was so excited to talk about the show. I think they're going into shooting um, season two really soon, if not already. Um, And it was just really sweet because it was literally the San Diego Comic-Con debut for like almost that entire cast. So every time someone came out, they would just be like looking so shocked and thrilled at, at the audience and like everyone just like cheering for them. That kind of thing also like pulls my little Comic-Con going heartstrings because I just love seeing people who haven't been there as guests, like clearly seem to be enjoying themselves, you know, instead of looking like this is a chore. So yeah, so that was a really fun Barbum 20 experience um, for me. I know that a bunch of my friends made it into the Marvel Studios animation panel that was in that room on Friday. And my husband was very proud to break some news to us while we were waiting in the Hall H line. 
about Charlie Cox uh, voicing, yeah, voicing Daredevil in in the Spider Man um, Year One animated series. And from what I heard as well, they actually saw the first full episode of What If season two. Mm. So that's just you know that. And, oh, and they saw Kevin Feige. Not too far from them. Um, but it was funny because my husband was convinced that it was not Kevin Feige. And my friend Tim was very convinced that it was Kevin Feige and yelled out, <laughs> Kevin. And then I saw a picture. <laughs> I saw a picture of Kevin Feige like on the floor, I think like at, at the Boss Logic booth. Because the thing was, he wasn't wearing his hat. So he's kind Ooh. of like Clark Kent in this way. If he doesn't have a baseball cap on, he's just another like, Bald white guy, wonderful. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the top of the head looks like. Like I can't even yeah. like imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> Though it was funny because there was a point in Hall H where a guy with a baseball cap walked by, and we were like, <laughs> like, oh no, 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 not him, not him, no, not him. <laughs> Keep it moving. Yeah. But that's a great way for him not to be recognized, though, if he wants to go on the comp floor and, like, nobody recognizes him. I think Charlie did this, too, at New York Comic Con, where it's, it's a tradition for celebrities who want to explore the con floor. They have to go into full costume. I think I saw really cute, like, Jack Quaid, who is in The Boys in um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, he was wearing the Scream costume because he's, he was in the latest Scream movie. And he, like, had so much fun doing that. But no, Kevin Feige just has to take off his hat. <laughs> no one will be able to pick him out from the crowd. So they did see him. And then I did see that picture and I, you know, Sans hat and I showed it to them. So my friend Tim felt very validated. And my husband was like, oh, my bad. I guess we could have, you know, <laughs> shouted requests at them. <laughs> the whole panel. Um, but that panel sounded like a lot of fun. I, I'm not like super invested in like the Marvel Studios animation, but it is kind of cool to see how they are choosing to like grow that side of, of Marvel Studios. And I guess, you know, this could be a question for someone else to talk about on a different podcast, but just what, what that means now that they're breaking Marvel Studios animation out of the MCU um, timeline. Because mm -hmm. when we were at Hall H in 2019, right, like What If was very much a part of the Phase 4 announcements and, and all that. But um, again, topic for someone else, not for me. <laughs> um, so... I had quite a bit of panel regret too, because like I said, you know, I had a few panels that I'd noted down on the spreadsheet and I was never able to make them. But I'm glad that I was able to go to the Star Trek offsite, the, the 10 forward uh, experience. And uh, this was announced like, you know, a month or so before Comic-Con. And it was my, actually my sister-in-law who bought tickets for me and my brother because we're, you know, we're, we're a Trekkie household. And she said, I want you both to go to this place together. I want you to have fun. I'm like, thank you. So, so yeah, he, he didn't have Comic-Con tickets, but he came for that. And um, it, was, it was great. It, it's actually a recreation of uh, Guinan's uh, 10 Forward Bar from uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2. So that's, uh, that's what it was. Um, I think they did it in Los Angeles. And then now they brought it to San Diego. It's a traveling thing. They, you know, Star Trek usually has these Star Trek, the experience, um, the Academy experience. You know, I went to one in Calgary, and that is also something that traveled from uh, all over the states and also in Canada. So this was great. It was, you know, um, 90 minutes and people in Star Trek cosplay. Um, I, you know, I have a picture with an Andorian with me and my brother. <laughs> there were Vulcans moving around, talking in, 
you know, walk and speak. Um, as a as a lifetime trekkie, that was that was a very fun thing to do with my brother. I never get to do these things with, and like he's he's a nerd, but he's not a nerd that goes to comic cons and stuff like that. You know, he's he's the nerd who ta- you know who watches shows and he. He will call me every couple of days and we have long discussions on episodes. That's what we, that's how we nerd. We talk about TV shows. Uh, we've always been Trekkies. My dad was the one who got us into Trek, Star Trek. But I tried to get him into my side of the, you know, comic book stuff as well. I got him into Daredevil and Punisher and Defender. So uh, he's not a comic book person, but he enjoys those shows. So... So yeah, we like we we ner- we are nerding out. We nerd out together. So it's um it was fun to experience that with my brother. Well, and, and speaking of Star Trek too, you did have the benefit of when you were in Hall H for Saturday, you got to also experience all those Star Trek panels. Those those three panels that was that was amazing. Yeah, like you know I've um, uh, I've been to Star Trek panels before, but the Hall H experience was uh, special. This was the first time I think the Strange New Worlds um, cast was there because they have just finished their season one. And Lower Decks, that was the first time I was seeing them. And Picard uh, cast I'd seen before, but it was nice to see Sir Patrick again. <laughs> so this is very exciting. It was, it was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I do, re- do remember my husband, though, was like kind of whispering in my ear, well, Anson Mount is here, and Patrick Stewart is here. <laughs> Maybe. I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah, think so. I feel like that was just to tease people a lot. And Simu Liu was in the city. Yeah, yeah. He, he ended up doing a Funko panel with Rosario Dawson, which I, who I didn't know was there. Would have loved to have like caught yeah. a glimpse of her. Um, she is like unreal. And I almost went to the What We Do in the Shadows panel that was before the Funko panel. Oh, was it on Sunday? Yeah, because I was staying with my cousin and she just like had a couple of requests. Like if you can pick up any free swag for these things, which I wasn't able to. I just sucked at swag this year. But What We Do in the Shadows was one of them. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just go sit in their panel in case they're handing out something cool that I can leave with her. And evidently... Like Funko was immediately after that because I know somebody else that went for what we do in the shadows and was like Funko because this room is getting full and they're probably going to give away good stuff. Mm. So, oh yeah, they all got a limited edition. I think it was a Demogorgon Funko. Oh, so like they were immediately like when you go down. So like for our listeners, you Hull H is like on one side of the convention center, and for some of the panels, they give you a ticket instead of handing out the swag right there, and you have to take that ticket to the Hyatt, which is on the complete other end of the convention center and one hotel down. So a solid half mile, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So evidently after the Funko panel, like because it was the end of the con, there was a massive rush down to the Hyatt Mm. and like people Mm -hmm. standing outside the Hyatt, like ready to give people cash for their Funkos and everything. It was, it was evidently a last minute good time for folks that were there. But yeah, there again, panels that we didn't do. I know. That's also on my, that that was on our list. I was literally telling a coworker who is a big What We Do in the Shadows fan, and I am also a big fan of that show. This might be the year I get to go to the What We Do in the Shadows panel. In the past, it was always, there was always a clear conflict. But I was like, okay, this year's on Sunday. Maybe we can do it. Nope. I don't have much panel regret since I still don't know many of the panels. <laughs> Can't regret it if you don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> We'll teach you to have regrets. <laughs> yeah. 
So why don't we jump back to offsites since you did kind of get us started on offsites, Aisha? I know Rhiannon, you were able to hit up a couple. I did the, I mean, my absolute favorite, and it was just an amazing experience, was the D&D movie offsite. So there's a movie coming out next spring uh, based on the D&D game, um, which I have played a few times. And like there again, because my brain couldn't compute time zones. I ended up going at a separate time than all of my, like my, the, the one D and D group I've played with actually all ended up getting tickets. They didn't all have tickets to the con, but they were able to get tickets to this offsite. And I ended up going two hours earlier than them, but it was really cool. Like one, you just walk up. I mean, seriously, a half hour between arriving and leaving, which is amazing for offsites. Even if you have an appointment, like it was on the first day, I was like, they'll probably be running two hours late. It'll be crazy. Walked right up, got right in. They offered an alcoholic beverage or you could get it without alcohol. So like there was a cocktail for everybody. They had turned this place into a tavern, a, a D&D tavern. Paid actors there, like just having a good time breaking out into song or breaking out into fights or you know, doing everything that you would expect in a tavern when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. It, it, it was just so cool. And then the tavern got attacked by a dragon. and. Uh, as these things <laughs> as it does you know and they just they had amazing it was like a ride at universal studios it was really just sort of something you would expect at a theme park but we're just at some bar that was converted for three days that didn't even run this on the fourth day it was just some bar converted for three days it got attacked by a dragon like 4d there's smoke coming out there's sound going throughout the whole tavern there was you know just this incredible experience and then when it leaves like the whole tavern is covered in yeah they they shine black lights and there's green slobber everywhere from the dragon and they're like oh we gotta clean this place up everybody out and they just move on to the next group so very well done amazing offsite every offsite i've managed to get in has been lovely so i i just well and it made me excited for the movie like everything that i saw about this D movie I'm excited for it. I think it looks like something that people that have never played D&D will still enjoy. I definitely think it looks cool. Um, and then I wandered up to the FX offsite, which it was outside and in the sun, which I do not approve of. Although apparently they had a night experience and it looked really cool when I walked by it at night. At night, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very spooky. They very heavily. I mean, it, it was American Horror Story, What We Do in the Shadows, like leaning into a lot of those. You walk through this maze of shrubbery, like they have it. And in the shrubbery, there's all of these like creepy dolls. Um, We have to say the American Horror Story dolls, they very much leaned into these like creepy American Horror Story dolls that were looming over us the whole time we were in the Hall H line (laughs) on, on a giant building wrap on the side of the Hilton. He walks through and those dolls are everywhere and they had living dolls that were like urging you to come and join their tea party and um, just just and then like they had the what we do in the shadows. They had a a vampire disco experience part. (laughs) I would have loved that. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, you know, like just a very fun little offsite that you could easily get in and out of and, and lots of little stuff there. And then at the end, you could win prizes. And I think I got a bottle of hot sauce that I immediately gave to my friends. Um, yeah, I, those are the offsites that I got to. Yeah. Again, so much off, so much offsite regret, so much panel regret. Maybe, maybe I need to revise my rating for this con because I'm like, oh man, I really regret all the things I didn't get to do. 
At least um, we don't have people regret. We all enjoyed yes. hanging out together. Absolutely yeah. no people I regret. Like no, no, no general experience regret because I experienced what I needed to experience this time. Um, to keep on the theme of like being outside, you know, just just, just a shout out again to um, the party that we held our our Fiona Without Fear meetup at Basic. The people at Basic, by the way. They, they definitely remembered us <laughs> from 2019 yeah. and they were so sweet and they were so like excited for us and accommodating. Um, and we just had such a great turnout. So to all the fans who we wish we had the ability to accommodate like infinite people, <laughs> we just do not. But for those of you who were able to make it out, we're just so excited to spend the evening with you. And we hope you had the best time because we certainly had the best time there. Um, and again, another shout out to Mr. Peter Shinkoda, who had obligations at Comic-Con, by the way. He actually was on a panel, yep. literally as our party was starting, you know, promoting his latest project, Salvage Marines. Um, and so for the folks who were able to hang out with us till the end of our meetup, they were able to meet Peter, get some really great photos. Uh, and yeah, what a what a wonderful human being, by the way. Very sweet, very generous. Yeah, yeah. So kind. We can never promise anything <laughs> going into any of these things. So, you know, please only come with the expectation to have fun uh, with your fellow fans. But when we are able to do things like that, uh, it is quite a treat for us as well as for the people attending. So now I kick it back to New York. <laughs> uh, we will deliver. We will deliver in New York. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to pull off the party this year in New York. But, um, but it'll be awesome no matter what we do. It might be at the Taco Bell Cantina. It might be on a rooftop. We will see. <laughs> but come ready to celebrate. Well, all you need for a party is a good group of people and you have a party. So we, yeah. Swag bags at the Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of swag, you know, we handed out all the swag, kind of another like highlight, both tiring and a highlight in 2019, but like handing out our fans in the Hall H line. Um, they appreciated the fans in that heat. <laughs> Yeah, the, the people who were like about to say no and then saw us with a fan and they were like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is why we bring the fans to San Diego Comic-Con. It was truly like when we thought of it in 2019, we're like, this is an inspired idea. And it is because everyone is like, please, <laughs> please give yes, me a fan. I need a fan. And then, and then they just chat you up about like what the fan means and, you know, about the campaign. So we got to meet a lot of really cool people in that line. Like I ended up having a very honed in like elevator pitch summary of what the campaign was and what we're doing now. And hopefully all those people who did get our fans were very pleased and surprised and happy for us when they too got to yeah. see the news about Daredevil um, in that room. I loved seeing the effect of that too, because I was I was one of the ones who was still I was sitting in our spot while you guys handed out the swag. So I took some of the pictures of it from you know from where I was sitting. And then I looked around and you just saw so many people with Save Dirt with that Save Daredevil fan. And I'm like, this is great. It's like an entire <laughs> sea of people with, with our message and uh very, very visible. Yeah, but we should also mention uh that uh, we like our neighbors in line were kind of like psyched that they were sitting next to us, um, that hey. we were the Save Daredevil team. And there were some other people too who were like, oh, they're the Save Daredevil people. And it was yeah. like very rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was also someone I remember we were on the, uh, on the other side, like outside the con facing uh, the city. Um, and there was like this dad with two kids walking by and he turned around to look at us. And then I heard him like describe 
Jewish kids who we were and what we'd done. It was just like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, like, they saved Daredevil. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, yes. There's like this mythos around. Well, we're trying, we're trying to, to build on the mythos. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not like most people notice, but I mean, I, there were some that, that were like, oh, it's them. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. I'll always remember that very kind tweet. Somebody took a picture of us while we were handing out the fans and said, these are, I met the Save Daredevil leaders. Leaders. I'm like, <laughs> Um, And speaking of kind of interacting with people in that capacity, too, um, we definitely met a lot of really cool cosplayers, a lot of great Mm -hmm. like Daredevil cosplayers, Defenders cosplayers who were like very excited to get bricks thrown at them or to like hold our sign, um, our fan and, and take a photo. And I did stumble into the Marvel cosplay uh, meetup that evidently if we had looked mm. at our schedules, we might have found. Um, <laughs> it was a Marvel cosplay thing within the con- – like it was an official thing inside the mm-hmm. convention. And that was just really cool. Like all of a sudden, me- it was when we were in the Hall H line and it was just like the closest way to get inside to the air conditioning and bathrooms and everything. And suddenly there's a bunch of Matt Murdocks and the most amazing Electra <laughs> that we've shared on our social media. Um, we do have like a highlight in our stories uh, in our Instagram account. So you can go back and see everything we posted. But that Electra was unreal. Absolutely unreal. unreal. Mm-hmm. And, and so nice. Like, so incredibly nice. You know, when you talk to her and everything. I mean, because she totally looks unapproachable. Like, I don't know. I was trying to talk one of the Matt Murdock cosplayers into going up and talking to her and getting a picture with her. And he was like, <laughs> she, she is like an actual, she, she is an actual Amazon. Like she is literally six feet tall. Even with the heels. Incredible stiletto boots. Yeah. I follow her on TikTok now. Yeah. We've shared her on our TikTok, which we have now. Um, and, and on her TikTok. Yeah. She says she's six foot one and she, she did some amazing stuff in that costume. Um, I mean, but just all the all the Matt Murdock cosplayers, the I mean, all of the cosplayers. It was just fantastic. Yeah, it, it was really fun. You know, you're walking around, you're not expecting to see a Daredevil reference, but you see it. And it's kind of a little bit of that magic, right, of like walking the floor and getting like that nice surprise. Um, speaking of the floor, I also did get to swing by the Boss Logic booth. Super talented guy, like has obviously made art for everything, but has made some like wonderful Daredevil pieces. Um, and so I, I did want to swing by the booth and kind of give him a quick, like, thank you for, you know, visibly online being supportive of the Save Daredevil campaign and just Daredevil returning in general and dropping off some swag. And so that was kind of a nice moment, um, that I remember too. Um, I guess like, here's a random question to perhaps start ending this conversation on, um, Maybe you won't have an answer to this question based on how, all the things that we've highlighted so far. Do you have a favorite piece of non-Save Daredevil swag that you left the convention with? Because I know we did have the best swag, so it doesn't count. Um, but I'm curious, though, if, if all of y'all have anything that you just really like and were happy to have left San Diego with. So I never hang on to my swag like almost never. I, I, my friend that usually goes to these cons with me, like immediately, like she gets anything she doesn't want. She just hands it to me and knows it's going to be on eBay in five minutes. <laughs> I am having difficulty parting with that multiverse saga hat that we got from Marvel. Mm. I admit it's up on eBay at a high price. Like, you know, that's how I get rid of things. Like somebody gives me this much money, I part with it. But um, that is a beautiful hat. And I will always associate it with that moment. I'm keeping the multiverse hat because I even came into town 
planning to buy a hat, like a baseball hat, because I don't own one. And Harry was thinking like, well, we're going to wait in line to be outside a lot, so it might be good to have one. And that turned out not to be much of a problem since um, Phyllis and uh, everyone who was, I guess, on the ground team with had everything prepared with like umbrellas and the and the lawn chairs and everything. So I didn't really need one. But uh, now that I was given one and I don't have one, I might keep it, you know, because it's like, if you're going to have one, this is a great one to have. Like that's one of, again, regrets that I didn't get to buy anything on the con floor. Like I, yeah, that's, that's something I need to fix for the next con I go to because I came prepared money wise, but I didn't get a chance to buy anything. I did get you that Miss Marvel pin though. Oh, yes. Oh, and uh, Rhiannon gave me another Miss Marvel pin. So I did get those two. Oh, but nice. yes. So thank you. Yes, I got some Miss Marvel swag. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I have to revise my statement now. I do have some, <laughs> which other people got me, but I yeah. didn't get to buy anything myself. But yeah. Okay. I think that will probably wrap it up for this conversation. Um, I guess, you know, I guess we're all home now. Christine was the last <laughs> one. Um, and and will will I be seeing everyone here next year? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm planning. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Even more of us. It's just going to be a celebration every time we're at a con now. Oh, yeah. I mean, 30 years from now, we'll be there in our walkers. Like, remember the show, Daredevil? Here's a fan. And then we'll get to go sit in the ADA line. Yeah, we're going to be campaigning to get a renew for like a 31st season. Yeah. To be like old man, old man Daredevil. No. And the people who are pointing us out then, thirty years from now, will be like, "Oh yeah, those are the same Daredevil ladies." <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you hear about what they did. Yeah, yeah. Our grandchildren will be running around like my grandma was in Save Daredevil. Anyways, but yes, what an amazing time! What an amazing experience! I think for all the hard work it was, and all the stress, and definitely some anxiety leading into it. I think we can safely say it was worth it. So yeah, and can't wait to do it all over again. <laughs> and New York Comic Con is coming up very soon. 10 weeks or something like that. So, oh my gosh. Wow. Maybe even and you now. will be there. So you can ask all these ladies how they enjoyed San Diego and uh, just <laughs> have and fun yeah. with them again. So I, I wish I could be there. But uh Unfortunately, I will not. But again, I'll see you all again next year. So that makes me very happy. So thank you for listening to our official San Diego Comic-Con recap. Um, you know, hopefully once we get through New York Comic-Con, we get a little recap of that one for you guys too. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to catch up on any of the things that we did or said or posted about San Diego Comic-Con, you should be following us on our social media channels. We are Saved Daredevil on TikTok and Twitter and Saved Daredevil everywhere else. We've also recorded a few Instagram lives while we were at Comic-Con, so you can check those out. Um, should be able to check those out on our Instagram account. I will double check and make sure though. But I believe they're posted to our feed. Um, they are. Yeah. We also just recorded a Talk Daredevil live stream a few days ago. That is on our YouTube. So you can catch up on that there as well. Um, and yeah, we're just excited to be just back, you know, recording stuff for you guys. We have a few more podcasts coming up that will be hopefully rolling out soon. And yeah, now that we officially have Daredevil news, you can just expect to hear from us more and more often. Um, so thank you for following us and continuing to follow us and making us one of your destinations as a Daredevil fan. Thank you, everyone, for spending your time with me again. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil. 
For more information about Saved Daredevil, including links to our socials, please visit us at SaveDaredevil.com. Remember, Murdochs always get back up.